Hello, hello, and welcome back to Cutting Chai Stories. Write copy that feels good. It's the no fluff copywriting podcast that teaches you to write copy you can feel good about and gets you more clients along the way. I'm your host, Jayati Vora, and I'm here to give you a shot of masala for your writing, a way for business owners like you to write copy your way, in your voice, with practical writing tips you can put into action right away. Let's find your words together. Before we dive in, you'll want to stay tuned till the very end because I'm offering 10 chai or coffee playdates with me for free. I'll tell you all the details at the end, including how to sign up. Back to the show. Today, I'm going to be talking about love languages. You may be going, huh? What? I thought I was listening to a marketing and copywriting podcast, not a podcast about relationships. Hang in there. It's all going to make sense in a second. First, for those of you who don't know what the love languages are, they are a concept that was first invented by Gary Chapman in his famous book, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate, which came out in 1992. Chapman is a marriage counselor, and what he noticed was that people give love and receive love in different ways. And many times when we are fighting with our partners, or even our friends, children, parents, really, that fight can be resolved or perhaps not even had in the first place when we recognize that perhaps our partner has a different love language than our own. So the five languages are, the first one is there's words of affirmation. And that's where you verbally affirm and empathize and thank and appreciate the other person. So this is my husband's love language, for instance. He's constantly telling my son and I how much he loves us, how happy we make him. He's always asking us if we're happy right now. And that's how he expresses his love to us, and that's how he would prefer to receive it. My love language, however, is acts of service. That's when the other person does little acts to take care of you. This could be expressed as filling the car with petrol before it's empty so you don't have to do it. Or like my husband did for me earlier this week, take care of all the morning chores um, and my son so I could sleep in and there was no work for me to do in the morning. I felt very loved in that moment. There are three others, spending quality time together, receiving gifts, and touch or physical affection, but I won't go into them in more detail. You get the picture. And people generally have a primary love language and a secondary one, so I'm all about acts of service, but I'm also about touch, for instance. And the problem occurs when we don't speak each other's love language, and consequently, we don't know what our partner needs in order to feel love. It's kind of like me giving him pineapple to eat when all he wants is fish, right? That's not helpful. So the reason that I'm telling you about this is because I think the concept of love languages applies to our copy too. We all have a way that we're comfortable expressing ourselves. Sometimes that's learned, like the academic, stilted, jargony way of writing we sometimes learn in our professional careers or when we write college papers. You know what I'm talking about, right? You'll use important sounding words and lots of jargon and there's a ton of passive tense in there. And we use that because we've been trained to write that way. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the way you naturally express yourself. Are you someone who thrives on talking to somebody face to face? Who can have a delightful conversation with someone but can't write a word in an email? Maybe you're someone who loves radio and the intimacy of that voice in your ear without worrying about what you're wearing or how you look. 
Maybe you're someone who loves to write words like me and you have entire essays pouring out of you, regardless of whether it's an email or a blog post or a super long LinkedIn article. Whatever your copy love language is, the first step is just to be aware of it. It's probably the one where you feel the most yourself, where you feel the least pressure or nervousness or you second guess yourself the least. And if you're looking at your business and all the marketing and you're thinking, maybe I don't have a copy love language. Let me stop you right there. You do. You absolutely do. If you take the lens of your business out of it and you just think about where and in what situations the words flow most easily to you, you will know what your copy love language is. For me, it's words, written words. That was always evident from a young age. And in conversations that are intimate, one-on-one. I do not do well in large groups or where there's superficial chit-chat. I get tongue-tied and awkward and I don't know what to say and I do my best impression of a mouse trying not to be noticed by the big hungry tabby cat and I basically melt into the wallpaper at these events. So that's how I know what my love language is, where I'm most at home and where I'm not. So what's your love language? Getting aware of that is the first step. Now, the second step, if you're not doing this already unconsciously, is to lean into your copy love language. So if you're a natural showman or show person and you love being the center of attention and you can weave a great story and keep your audience in stitches, maybe going live is the way that you can lean into your strengths. Maybe that's how you attract your audience to you. If you hate getting your picture taken and get really stiff and self-conscious on camera, maybe doing a podcast or sending your email subscribers, audio messages is the way to go, right? If you're that radio person, take away that straitjacket of needing to show your face on lives and letting your voice be the medium of connection. And that way you can focus on what you're saying and who you're saying it to and not think about whether or not you should have shampooed your hair this morning, right? So at this point, I'm assuming that you've spent a bit of time thinking about your own copy love language. You figured out what it is and how you could better lean into it, do more of it. But what to do if your audience speaks a different copy love language than you do? Aha! Now that's the big question, isn't it? Just as my words are more important to my husband than my acts of service because that's how he receives love, And just as I have to be aware of that and make sure I'm expressing my love for him in the way that he understands it, so too do we switch up our love languages in our marketing. Now, what does that mean? Well, I think my best consistent work is over email. That's where I'm most myself, where there's space to tell a story, to add a photo or a GIF if I want, but no requirement to add images if I don't feel like it. It's the format and the medium that works best for my copy love language. And that's why I think the people on my email list are getting the very best of me. But that doesn't mean I don't do other things. Because not everybody likes getting emails. Not everybody likes reading long emails. And if I only marketed to people with the exact same copy love language as me, I would be losing out on a huge chunk of my audience. So I taught myself how to do reels on Instagram. It took some trial and error. I watched a lot of YouTube videos. I experimented with the content. I learned that I just cannot use trending audio because I can't act for shit and the lip syncing is always off and it just feels too awkward and icky and not me. 
Once in a while, I can do some dancing reels, but only when I'm really feeling it. My top go-to when it comes to reels is just pointing the camera at my face with a fun filter if I feel like it, and just talk. Sometimes I have to re-record because the 60-second timer cuts me off. I'm the one who likes the long stories, remember? And so sometimes I have to do two takes, or even three, and that's okay. For some time, I would blame myself and think I was being too much of a perfectionist by doing another take. But now I've come to realize that that's just me. I need to say the words or write the words, right? Whether it's on paper or out loud. I need that to fully process my germ of an idea. And for me, those extra takes, they're just throat clearing. They're the rehearsal. And that's fine. Because sometimes it takes me two takes to figure out exactly what I want to say. And then once I do, in my third take, I might finish in 50 seconds instead of the whole minute. Right? So that was me being on Reels is me speaking the copy love language of those of my listeners who like video. Now I also have this podcast. I enjoy audio and I love podcasts when they're done well. But again, it's not my primary copy love language. But I know that podcasts can reach people who don't like getting emails or reading long things, but they love to listen to these short episodes when they're going on a walk or they're driving somewhere or even doing the dishes. So I'm speaking their love language when I'm putting out these episodes. Is this making sense? Then there are the visual learners, the ones who are attracted by design and image and actual drawings. And I'm sorry to say, but I have almost nothing for those folks. I mean, I have my logo and my website, but I can't draw for shit. One time for a podcast episode this season, I put out an Instagram post where I'd drawn a diagram. It was this episode about what's the difference between copy and content. And I'd wanted to show visually why all things copy are content, but not all things content are copy. But drawing those circles is about the limit of my artistic talent. So I don't usually speak that copy love language. So if the first step in this is becoming aware of what your copy love language is, and the second step is leaning into whatever your copy love language is, and making sure that you are expressing your words in the way that fits you best, the third step to connecting with your audience is picking one other copy love language and just trying that. And as you'll find, you'll attract a whole different set of eyes when you do that. For instance, the folks who like and comment on my reels, a lot of them don't follow me at all. I've never heard of them. I have no idea how they found my reel or what kept them watching and engaged because they are speakers of another copy love language than I am. Make sense? And if this is feeling a little bit overwhelming to you, just start with step one. Just figure out what your own copy love language is. Already that gives you the power of information. It, it tells you where to go from there, right? How do you feel most at ease when you're expressing yourself? If you take it one step at a time, it won't be so overwhelming. And don't feel like you need to speak every single copy love language there is. That's like really, really hard and also time consuming. So my suggestion is to pick just one other copy love language to speak, just one. And then you go from there. You are in charge and you get to stop whenever you want. And you know what? When you do step one, you might just realize that all those things you were feeling a bit uncomfortable about when you put your marketing out into the world, maybe you were feeling uneasy because you were not speaking your own copy love language. 
So I'd make sure that you're expressing your copy love language, so that's out in the world, because all those ideas need to be out in the world. And I really want you to feel energized and excited to put them out there and not be dreading it. Last word of advice. If you feel like you should be making reels because the Instagram algorithm prefers them, but you actually really hate being on camera, you can always experiment with a different kind of reel. Maybe one without your face. Maybe one that's like, you know, focused on something other than you, like you're flipping through pages or things moving or walking down the street, anything. So try to not box yourself into a corner. Feel your way through. This is a bit of trial and error. You see how your body responds. How is it feeling? Is it feeling nervous? Is it feeling anxious? Is it feeling clenched? Or is it feeling kind of relaxed, like you could do this? Right? You've got this. Despite reels not being my go-to thing, for instance, after a lot of trial and error and practice, now I can make reels on the fly while walking down the street. As long as I'm doing it my way. If you ask me to make a trending audio kind of reel, I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, no thank you, no can do. Right? And if I can do this, believe me, you can do it too. I'm sending you lots and lots of love and I would love to know what's your copy love language. Do you already know what it is? How do you express it? And which copy love language would you like to try next? Email me and tell me. I'm at jayati at cuttingchaistories.com. And if you want the raw, unfiltered me expressing myself in my copy love language, get on my email list. The link is cuttingchaistories.com slash subscribe and I'll put it on the show notes. Before I sign off, I wanted to tell you about a fabulous offer I'm running right now. Who would like some one-on-one time with me over Zoom for 30 minutes where you can ask me whatever you want? You can ask about your email marketing, your website, how to write a sales page, how to get over your writer's block, whatever you want that's related to words in your business, and I will do my very best to help. There's no agenda on my end, no strings, no limitations. Just raise your hand by emailing me to get a spot on the list. I have 10 spots total. Correction, I had 10 spots, one got taken already, so I have 9 spots total, and it's first come, first serve. That's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until I see you again next Thursday, lean into your copy love language.